Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to, and I feel I need a drum roll for this, chapter 99 of the Corona Diaries. Oh, a nice little bit of... A, a single mar- maraca. A maraca roll. Oh, I should have got my maraca out. Didn't have any drums to hand. <laughs> should have got my maraca you out. Can, you can. There's the title for the episode then. Yeah. Oh, oh, what, are you shaking? what is that? It looks like Brazil nuts on the end of a stick. It does actually. People send me this shit. I don't know what any of it oh, is. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. You, you get all sorts in the post. I've no idea what you mean. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's your uh, Perspex Jesus. Your Perspex Jesus. Yeah. Your own Perspex Jesus. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, we probably ought to your mention own. there is a third voice uh, on, on, on tonight. We're recording at night, so it's already, it's already going to go wrong. And we have, a, we have a, an extra person. We have a guest. We have a guest for 99. Um, so we have, uh, as known by his kids, we have graphic designer. <laughs> Very good. That's Sam pissed what? him off, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I said we That's should call him the, the one and only. The, well, yeah. I know, but he's but his kids might listen to it, and they'll be over the moon to know he's been called a graphic designer at least once. <laughs> um, because he couldn't give us his actual, he couldn't work out what his job title was. No, I, um, yeah. But but Simon, you're responsible for lots of Marillion artwork, aren't you? Yes, yes, for my sins. Done a hence few the bits over the years. Yep, <laughs> you have. Hence the reason why we've asked you to be here because Thank of you. the bits of artwork you've been responsible for. You've res- been very much responsible for the one I'm holding in my hand, which is the new album. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I, f- I feel we should give you a round of applause. All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> um. But we'll we'll get to all of that in due course. We'll get to all of that in due course. So we thought it'd be nice to have you on. We, we, we've been having a few episodes together that were a, a bit of a kind of homage to the new album. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought it'd be lovely to get, get you on and talk a little bit about the artwork and how it all came together. But before we start, I bet I ought to ask H how he is. How are you, actually? You all right? I think I'm all right. Um, Stable? I just, I just don't know. <laughs> I just I must be all right. Otherwise, I'd, I'd be moaning. And I'm not. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm lovely. I'm divine. I'm, I'm a bit, um, knackered from screaming me head off all day, if I'm honest. Um, but apart from that, I'm good. I'm good. Am I allowed I'm the, to ask why you've been screaming your head off? I'm in the charts, man. Um, yeah, I've been, a, I've been at the racket club rehearsing with huh? the, with the girls. I mean, right. the boys, right. the, the beat combo. The beat combo. Mm. Is it? Are we allowed to ask? Is it? Is it coming together? Is it progressing well? It is. It's progressing well. Mo- mostly got a new drum kit, so that had appeared. So he's 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 bashing on a new drum kit, 
Mm-hmm. Um, which to my ear sounds more or less the same once you've turned it down to the point where it's bearable. Um, if you turn it up to the point where it's unbearable, you can hear all the subtle nuances of difference from the old kit. But um, Are you just saying that? <laughs> once you turn it down <laughs> to a bearable level, it's just going boom, boom, like all the others. Um, but he's very happy with it. It's brown so that happened and 90 percent of the people listening are going yeah i know what you mean and 10 percent who are the drummers are just screaming heathen at you how very dare you um yeah Yeah, it's not 10 percent is it no (laughs) (laughs) um so no no bless him he's very happy with it in his greenhouse in in his in his box so that's good it's the British um, Drum Company, isn't it? He's he's been endorsed by the British Drum Company. He has. They do look very nice. They do look fair. very nice. Based uh, in Stockport, nice people. Stockport, nice people. There like go. 10cc, they were Stockport, you know. Were they? Lol, didn't know that. Lol and Kev. Yeah, well, I, think I didn't they know were that. All Stockport. Back on to our guest, our Simon. <laughs> yes. Um. So. What's the backstory? When did you first get involved with the band and when did you two first meet? I think um, it was sort of towards the end of 2008. I I was doing a bit of looking back over a few things and uh, I I was sent an email, or the band sent an email out in sort of December 2008. looking for somebody to replace uh, Eric, who was kind of doing what, what I ended up doing. You know, what I, he's who I kind of replaced. Um, so I, I kind of res- I responded to that email and, uh, you know, the, the, rest is, the rest is history, as they say. But yeah, he came yeah. in through the door and we wouldn't let him out. Yeah. And that was that and really, for several yeah, years. Yeah. Kind of so, 10 years, I guess, in, in total. Roughly which was the at, first at one at you did? Which one did, was the first one you did, Simon? I did. Um, hmm. I initially came in to, to sort of look after the website and that kind of thing. And then mm. I think I I ended up doing a bit of work on this strange convention mm-hmm. for which was a a live DVD from the 2007 weekend, and so I I started out doing that, um, and it kind of moved on from there. Yeah, so it was that one and Happiness is Cologne. Which was another live live album mm-hmm. I did when I first turned up there, and it kind of all sort of snowballed from there in terms of artwork, I guess. Um, so it wasn't artwork you kind of ostensibly came in to do. It was it was web and yeah, I came general in maintenance to do and general keeping that kind of stuff together. Because the there's a lot of content yeah. required for a web for a website, isn't it? There's a lot of imagery required, a lot of stuff needs yeah. formatting, loads of different sizes, yeah, loads of stuff to be repurposed and used in different places. So it was kind of that kind of maintenance that you came in to do. Yeah, yeah, and the the dot com website's pretty. There's quite a bit to it, you know. It's yeah. a, it's a big website. There's lots of stuff to 
look after and update etc so um but yeah there's a sort of certainly a sort of artistic creative side to that as well um yeah i th I thought you completely transformed the, the look of the site um you know i was really yeah really sensitive to how how the website really changed um mm. and became much more i don't know cutting edge looking somehow just looking cooler yeah. really oh, wow. after you. you'd got stuck in when yeah. you're your odds and sods and your you know just the choice of fonts and all of that yeah yeah um, was was pretty well tran transformed mm. thank you yeah yeah no i mean i yeah i got kind of stuck into it um it was a it was a great sort of opportunity really um but then so talking about the things you did first so there's two convention releases you did first so is that yeah. kind of how it how it works out the, the the sort of you come in they let you do a bit of what you've like you know been asked to do and then mm. it's like okay well there's this project floating around in-house we have a, a look at this is that it yeah of... it was that it kind of evolved i think eric had with the strange convention thing eric had a a sort of a template sort of a thing set up and i just kind of finished it off really because he was he was doing something else at the time i think um <laughs> So yeah, it was it was fairly um, fairly spontaneous, really, and then I guess you know people liked what I was doing, and it it kind of evolved from there. So is there a because obviously the the two things you just talked about there are the startup projects. They're they're in mm. their house projects, aren't they? I mean, if you it's, yeah. the, the, somehow the albums seem to be a little bit different from the the house projects. Is that kind of fair? Yeah, I mean, the I guess the taking... studio albums are kind of bigger project projects that you'd spend more time on, you know. Not that, you, you know, you, they just, there's more time to sort of play with ideas and, you know, get a kind of a theme going with the studio albums, I suppose. Um, the other ones are more of a design layout kind of job, I suppose. Um hmm. Well, that's, it yeah, tend, I... tends to be a fair amount of beard stroking with the studio albums because we know they're yeah. really important. And so yeah. there's a lot of, oh, we quite like this, but we're not sure about that. And could it be more like this? And could it be more like that? And could you go away and think about that again? And yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty there's, of that. Yeah. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's loads of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what was the first studio album then that you really start got your teeth into? It would have been less is more if you if you count that as a studio, you know, oh, as a proper album. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. probably my that was my first crack at a sort of big release, I suppose. Mm. Um yeah, but the, I suppose with that I sort of took on the idea of we did all the sort of racket tv stuff didn't we and, and there was lots of photography and filming going on for the youtube channel and you know that sort of evolved out of that i guess mm. um so i'm trying to think what what comes next chronologically after less is more then Herbie sounds so it's right. really sounds that can't be made fear and and the new one those are the the main studio albums that i've done I guess before that it was Carl, wasn't it? Or 
or uh, Antonio and Antonio before that for happiness. Yeah, he did, he mm. he did happiness, didn't he? I'd forgotten about all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. think Carl helped to sort of lay that out, you know, pull that all together for print, etc. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, Less Is More was the first studio album, but I guess Sounds That Can't Be Made was the first sort of proper big studio release kind of thing. And and of course, at that point, you're into um, a, a, a deluxe package as well, aren't you? You're into a lot yeah, more, yeah. A lot oh, more yeah. artwork, a lot more supporting stuff. Yeah, so there's um, all sorts of different formats that we do on these things. Um, and, and that's kind of evolved as well over the years, really, hasn't it? Because we did, I think with Sounds was the first one we did a, a big deluxe sort of vinyl box hmm. version for... Um, yeah, that now, would sound guess, about right in terms of vinyl's resurgence. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that was I don't know, when was that? Twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, something like that. I'm not it's sure. Got to be one of those two, hasn't yeah. it? Um, Probably later I'd, than I'd, that. I don't know. I'd ask H, but I know better. He doesn't. Yeah, he won't know. <laughs> <laughs> not a clue. Uh, probably about yeah. Oh. Oh, definitely, yes, yes, definitely, yes, definitely, yes, definitely some time ago, yeah. <laughs> yes. Time flies, though, doesn't it? Blimey. To I think know, it sounds was 10 years back. It's just bonkers. Yeah. You know, it doesn't know. feel like that, does it? Really? Well, yeah, it has. And actually, three albums there that have hmm. very distinct. I mean, if you, go, if you go Sounds, if you go Fear, if you go uh, Out Before It Start, three very distinct identities to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very, very distinct. So take something like sounds, mm. and you just said, you know, you you both were laughing about the amount of beard stroking that goes on. But when does that process actually start? How how far you know how far through the <laughs> the compositional process are we? Have uh, 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 mm. what point do you start tossing around the ideas of right? Okay, well we we've got a few songs on the go. At some point, we're going to need some artwork. We're going to need a theme and an identity for the album. Yeah, because because obviously it... lyrics have got to be relevant to it as well. I guess. There's yeah, an amount of lyrical stuff that needs to have been. I think it varies. Like with those three, the the first two, I was sort of day to day in the studio, working in the studio. So um, I would have picked up on the music quite early on really so we more or less as soon as they start maybe not jamming stuff but once mike or whoever's produced well it's been mike when i've been there mike, yeah. starts putting it all together together into things uh so fairly early on i mean you know a year before maybe the release right. on those sorts of things on on those two definitely um particularly with the the first one sounds was slightly different because we used various different artists on that one. So I was more like I did a couple of the tracks. So I did some artwork for two of the tracks, I think. But we used, you know, Antonio was involved on that. Um, Carl did a couple of tracks. Uh, you had uh, Mark Besson as well. The the real world guy, yeah, he did. He did a couple of things, didn't he? So, 
that was kind of that was really the idea on that one was to get a different artist to do each of the separate tracks so that was kind of the concept on that album <laughs> yeah um whereas like fear was a I mean, that was a big scary project you know there was a lot of work you know it was it was films artwork you know um yeah you were creating all the backdrop video for the tour as well yeah you? yeah so, so i mean that was that nearly killed me <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was you know my own doing i wanted to take it on but that that was a big a big thing to deal with the fear thing for sure so it's a was, recurring theme, Simon. We keep yeah. getting husks of men on oh, this podcast really? who've nearly been nearly, nearly been finished off by one album or another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We nearly killed Megan a couple of times, definitely. Uh, we've yeah. almost done for Mike. Yeah, so <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it must be not a bit much, like working with Keith Richards. It's not like much left, not much left of me, to be honest. <laughs> I think for me though, you, the 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 music that comes out is just you just you want to be involved. You know what I mean? Like, I like I want to do good artwork for this. You know the music that I'm hearing. You know, so I I guess you know I take on these things because I you know it's an opportunity to do good work you know um so yeah with the fear thing where i may be overstretched slightly you know it got done you know and uh it's a good but thing there's some, yeah there's some very strong themes running through the artwork in the in the fear release but then there's some very yeah. very very strong elements running through the the music and the lyrics yeah um, absolutely you know and well and yeah and you're influenced by that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I was thinking about this earlier because um, I thought that might come up, but for me, I, I almost don't don't need to hear the music, or I, I tend to kind of come up with ideas, and then those ideas seem to sort of somehow fit the music. You know, when I start hearing it, um, whether that's just—I mean—that maybe how people do things generally but i find that happens quite a lot with certainly with marillion where there's maybe a particular thing that i want to try and do visually and it it just seems to gel with you know stuff that comes out of the studio sort of thing um so but it's i mean kind of jamming the artwork as well as it sort of is yeah it certainly was like that with fear yeah yeah because that's obviously the way you put your music together um mm. that was kind of one of the ideas behind doing the artwork for the fear thing was to sort of to as you say jam the artwork in a way um along with the music and the whole thing would kind of evolve as we went along mm. mainly starting with the films that was that was the main thing with with that album was to do the do these kind of epic cinematic type films um thinking ahead to sort of live stuff you know mm. um and then the artwork would come out of those films which is essentially kind of what happened mm. um but the cover for that one was uh was mr h's idea i think if i remember rightly it was one of your sort of scribbles and 
yeah, sort of evolved I, I, from there. I wanted it to be to just look like an ingot, mm. you know, um, because it was an album all about wealth and capitalism. Um, so it seemed like a really obvious icon for for mm. it, you know, to have to have the four letters stamped as um, assay marks mm. in gold. Um, so the, I wondered if that could work, and Simon mm. made it work. Mm. Yeah. No, and it's course. a really striking cover, really, really striking cover. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. A bit brown, maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the brown the brown police were all over yeah, that. Yeah, they were for, for, ready with the caution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hence the uh, the colours on the, on this one. I was determined it wasn't going to be anywhere near brown. <laughs> the, the brown police is a horrific phrase. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Very worrying. Very worrying. <laughs> so, so come on then, let's flash let's flash forward to to the to the new one mm. to the new one. Um, yeah. When when did we even begin to start conversations on this? I think because again, this this thing's just incredible. Again, isn't it? Just absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, what a yeah. what a. I mean, you know. The the obviously the cover image has has been an instant hit. Yeah, you can just tell by See, the amount of reinforcements on social media the the way that people have taken to it. I mean it's it's a it's a beautiful size to to be a you know to mm. uh, to be an avatar or to be a what have you. So it's 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 being used by people left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, um, it, seen it around a lot, which is yeah. nice to see. Um, so so when yeah. did when did we start having chats about this then? I think I approached H because it it's been I don't know how is it it's been a couple of years now that I've not been oh, oh don't hello. let that bother you yeah, <laughs> ignore that bit of diary you said that without moving your lips there we go sorry about that <laughs> carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think <laughs> I think I approached H because it'd been it's been a couple of years so i'm not sort of day to day now at the in the office at racket you know i kind of i moved out of london down to bournemouth a few years ago um so i'm now kind of working from home do, you know doing me my own stuff as well but i think so i think i approached h and because I knew that they were, you know, doing some recording. So I think I approached him just to see how it was all going. And um, you sent me one of your lyrics, didn't you? You, um, you Crow and Nightingale. Did I? Is that what you yeah. got first? Yeah, you, that was the first thing I saw. Yeah. And then I guess I did a lot of messing around with ideas based on that that lyric. Um, and then I think I then just started getting some music through from Mike. So it was probably only a, a few months before. When, when, where are we now? Uh, March, isn't it? So sort of, you know, back end of last year, I guess. 
this was all sort of happening, sort of October, November, sort of maybe. So I think it was sooner than that, you know. I was it? We were <laughs> batting was. this about even in the late spring and summer, you know. Oh, okay, right. I think yeah. we were at least, you know, in the initial stages, throwing things back into. Yeah, because we were... I can't can't remember when I first saw this uh, this front cover image because you sent that through <laughs> really early. I did, didn't you? yeah, and and uh, and the the chalk marks as well with the lines, yeah, through it. yeah, um, and then you sent loads and loads and loads of of, <laughs> uh, of options as well, and you know you developed different ideas uh, that were all really interesting things, but we we kept mm. coming back to that color wheel. We just kept coming back to it because there was there was it had got something, yeah, you know. It had got the uh, the hours in the day, and it had got the it had got the the, the sense of 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 a flower or plant life, and you mm. know nature, the mass extinction. Um, so for me, it had you know, and it had also got the the um, the virus splodge right in the middle there, the black one. Yeah. So it kind of for me it encompassed. Everything, but in a really elegant way that wasn't too pinned mm. down, wasn't too spelled out, uh, and yet was looked almost like an icon in itself. And so I think we yeah. all kept coming back to it, going, Ooh, you know, what about that? What about that? Brothers was very taken by it. Yeah. And he kept dragging us back to it whenever we wandered far from it. What yeah, about this? I, what about this? I think I kept trying to make it into something else for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you yeah, and 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 in hindsight, yeah, it's it's a it's the perfect thing, you know, for the for the album, you know, it, it it's it's it worked really well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I distinctly remember kept trying to pile things on top of it and paint it, or you know, there's all mm. sorts of different versions of it, wasn't there? Um, yeah. Yeah, you gave us loads of alternatives. <laughs> Every time I'd send them, they'd just keep saying, yeah, but we like the, you know, the rough that I'd done. Because <laughs> yeah, I'd, you know, knocked that out in a, like about 10 minutes or something, you know, just threw it together as to to show an idea sort of thing. Mm. I mean, obviously the final thing took longer once you kind of nuanced it and that, but essentially what it's it is. It's always the way though. Yeah, it's like when yeah. you make a demo of a song and you fall in love with it and then you spend two years trying mm. to you know do it what you think is properly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um and and quite often you end up going back to the demo mm. going, hang on a minute. That's yeah. why we started recording everything even all the jams, you know, twenty four track because that had happened to us so many times. Yeah, that yeah. we'd preferred the initial idea to the thing we'd worked on, so we wanted to make sure going forward we'd always have it. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, if if we needed it, it was it was there. Yeah, what wasn't the the intro to Happiness is the Road that was kind of came together like that, didn't it? Or have I got that wrong? Yeah, a great remember. many things have have, yeah. have kind of gone all the way from from original jams. Yeah, really, yeah. you know, from one end to the other, a lot of um, a lot of white paper came oh, from yeah. the original jams, and you know, Mark kept trying to make it tidy it up and make it more proper, and yeah, the rest of the band kept kind of 
nudging him back to what he got in the beginning. But it's not, but it's not <laughs> tight, and it's not this, and it's not that. We go, no, oh, that's what's great about it, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes, what's great about something is the fact that it has happened by mistake, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So the person who's created it always has the biggest problem with it because it doesn't feel proper. But the people who've witnessed it always go, no, leave it alone. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that definitely <laughs> is how the, this particular cover came together. It, it yeah. <laughs> exactly but it gave you like loads that. of loads and loads of alternative uh, imagery. It did, yeah. For, yeah for within the package as well, that some of which had been around a long time, and some of which kind of came together later. Yeah, and I kind of always wanted to do something because fear w- was very complex you know in the visually i'd say you know more bit more illustrative maybe whereas this m- much more graphic that that mm. kind of feel um which yeah i mean to be honest once we had this then we got the the symbols for each of the tracks you know that was really the the concept on this one I guess, mm. um, and the colours, wasn't it? You know, the having a kind of a colour theme for mm. each each of the tracks. So, like, Murder Machines, kind of largely red. You know, mm. you uh, be hard on yourself. Kind of gr- the greens and blues of of Earth. Um, you know, so that that was the kind of concept there on on that one. Um, and all of this just kind of came out of that, really. I'm just going to stop you right there, and we'll just yep. jump for a bit of diary, mm-hmm. and then come back and 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 pick up for another uh, another few questions after that. And I've got no idea what diary it is. So it was Bath. It was Bath Uni. It was me having a day off in Bath, and then us playing Bath Uni on the university tour. And then it was Leeds Cockpit. Uh, that was a rough <laughs> bloody gig, I tell you. That was a rough gig. Um, that was when we we that was when I, my leg went down the owl just before I went on stage <laughs> in the car park. There was one of these holes in the car park with a, that had like some kind of stop tap about twelve inches below with a little square flap that slid but the flap had broken off. <laughs> And my leg went straight down it in the dark. How I didn't break my leg, I'll never know, because it was moving. I bet that hurt. It did hurt. (laughs) (laughs) We were literally in stage clothes going on stage, because the only way to get on stage was across the car park. So so I went down this hole. Oh, shit. Hold me leg back out of this hole, thanking my stars that I hadn't broken my leg or sprained my ankle, which I hadn't. And I was on the stage singing the first song, and I could feel the blood running down my shin and into my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Awful, because it skinned That's all my shit. Alan Partridge style. Side of this hole. <laughs> thinking thinking oh, that would be my leg bleeding. I was singing away, that would be my leg bleeding. I wonder if I can see that in the front row. Actually, if you could have done it Partridge style with a little bit yeah. of glitter, that would have yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a wonderful sequence I in Partridge. On a spike. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> all I'm going to think of now. Uh, um, well, we'll let you we'll let you read that bit of diary, even though I know you've already recorded it. Um, yes, I have actually. Yes, you have. So we'll let you we'll we'll go to that, and then we'll come back for a few a few more bits. And 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 I all I will say about Leeds cockpit is I've been in the co- a few times in there, and it's a it's a less than salubrious venue. <laughs> <laughs> it has its own atmosphere. Yes, yes, it's um, it's not the Albert Hall. It's not the Albert Hall. Well, well, yeah. you can evoke that. You can channel that in your reading. So, so uh, I'll, I'll pass over to you. Lovely. Here we go. Monday, 12th of February, home, Bath. And so it was that at 12.05 I began frantically packing in time for my 12.15 departure. I managed to get out of the door by 12.20, a little late for my arranged meeting with Andy Rotherham at Oxford Station. Andy will be driving my car around the UK over the next two weeks. The weather was pretty rainy once again, and I winced as I managed to set off a speed camera on the Botley Road, despite driving in heavy traffic. I don't know how I do it. More trouble on the way. I arrived at the station around 12.50, and Andy was waiting for me. I gave him the keys and, in the pouring rain, hurriedly transferred some underwear and socks into an overnight bag. At the station, I bought a single to Bath Spa and boarded the train which was already at Platform 1. There was a moment of panic as the train was announced departing to London Paddington. I grabbed my bag and almost leapt from the train before being told that I must change at Didcot and I was on the right train after all. Phew. Changed platforms at Didcot and, amazingly, the express to Bath arrived five minutes later on time. I found an empty seat and strapped the Walkman on to listen to our recently mastered new record. It sounded great, but then you could construct a pretty convincing argument to show that I'm biased. My new faith in the efficiency of the rail network was to be short-lived. When we arrived in Swindon, a voice crackled in the tiny speaker above me, saying that, owing to the flooding on the line, we would have to continue the next part of the journey at a severe speed restriction, and I eventually arrived in Bath, one hour late, at around four. The rain had stopped, so I walked through the shops, stopping to buy more Walkman headphones, which were far superior and would be much louder than those supplied with the machine. They weren't, but by then I'd removed the practically impregnable hard-moulded plastic packing, which has to be destroyed in order to give up its contents, without which, of course, the product cannot be returned. I also bought another pair of shoes to get me through the tour before making my way through the town to the hotel. Only a travel lodge, the money's tight on this university tour, but more than adequate and right in the centre of town on George Street. I'm here on my own today as I'm popping over to Bristol tonight to sit in on Andy Fox's rock radio show. The rest of the band are playing with Eddie Jordan at the Albert Hall in one of those charity gig things. I dropped my bag in room 305, 
still have the key here, oops, which was stiflingly hot and got out of there quickly after opening the window and turning off the heating. I wandered over the road to the Mole's studio in search of my old chum, Jan Brown, and managed to persuade her out of the office for a soda in the pub opposite. Jill Fermanovsky had called to say that she's in town with fellow photographer Fernando Acev, another mate I'd worked with in Mexico City. So I gave her a tinkle on the mobile and we were soon huddled round a table together. I did the introductions and we chatted for a while until Jan had to return to do some work and Jill and Fernando departed for the cinema. Made my way down Broad Street to the Abbey and Brown's restaurant where I had a burger for tea whilst listening to Anarachnophobia again on the CD Walkman. I called home and chatted to Dizzy before making my way back to the station. I'd allowed myself 90 minutes for the 15-minute train journey to Bristol. It wasn't enough. Most of the trains were either cancelled completely or running massively late. Bought copies of Private Eye and The Spectator, which contained an article by the head of OPEC regarding who was really to blame for the price of oil. He says that Western Europe's policy of ever-increasing fuel tax is at odds with Western governments' constant calling for free trade. He says we want a free market, but we don't want freedom of movement of people from one country to another. It's hypocrisy. He's got a point. I suppose you could easily show that the massive taxation of oil by Western governments is simply a tool to bolster their own economies at the expense of the Arab economies. Hmm. The rest of the spectator was the usual boring old Tory nonsense, so I turned my attention to private eye and chuckled along as I waited in the cold for a train to Bristol. When I eventually got there, I took a cab to the radio station and played them some of the new record. They were well impressed, but then Andy and Ian at Eagle FM represent a dying breed of people at radio who have any time for thought-provoking music. It's all dance, tits, ass, biceps and ecstasy at radio these days. Chop them out and see if you can get Brittany, Kylie or Robbie to sit on your knee. Maybe I should change my name to Stevie or H.E. Well, at the end of the evening, I had a pint with Andy and Ian and Ian gave me a lift back to Bath where I went to bed and watched something I can't remember on TV and fell asleep. Tuesday, 13th of February, Bath. Enjoyed the unbridled luxury of waking up alone in a comfortable bed with nowhere to go and nothing urgent to do. I.e. had a lie-in and didn't think about anything or anyone until gone ten o'clock when I arose to a beautiful blue morning. It was like an antidote to the flooded rainy grey of yesterday. Showered and made myself a coffee with the one cup kettle perched on the shelf along with sachets of average instant coffee and several of the inexplicable, bizarre, silly plastic foil-covered tubs of UHT milk. A must for anyone who wants to see their drinks change colour at the splash of a whole dessert spoonful of white watery stuff that tastes of nothing. I don't like them. Went down to reception and persuaded them to allow me to log on and pick up my email at the counter. Travel lodge rooms don't have phones you can dial out on, handy, but I've sworn not to complain on this tour. 
Still bursting to hear the new album blasting out of some serious speakers, I went back over the road to the Miles studio, but unfortunately a session was already underway and I couldn't interfere. So I had a coffee and chatted with the tape ops until Jan showed up for work. Then I left them all to their day and wandered round Bath looking at the antique shops and trying to decide how to kill the five hours before the rest of the band showed up. I ended up in Brown's again at lunchtime and had a slow and lazy lunch reading the papers before returning to the hotel and going back to bed for an afternoon snooze. Heaven! I'm in a kind of super relaxed, exhaustive state at the moment. I've spent the last eight months fretting over the new album and breaking my head over the words. Map of the World almost drove me to the river, and now it's all finished and I know I don't need to think about writing anything for a few months. It's funny how the body caves in when the mind decides it's finished. Around four, the band showed up and Tim B told me that soundcheck wasn't until 6.30, so we killed time in the cafe over the road. Ian and Steve said they'd had a good time at the Albert Hall last night. Maybe I should have gone for the lig, but I don't really like doing that and hanging out if I'm not performing. I feel like I'm freeloading. At 5.30, we drove over to the Bath Uni campus and hung around for a while trying to get into the Student Union Hall, which was all locked up. When we got inside, I said hello to the boys before being directed into a strange-smelling office to be interviewed by a student for the college rag. She was understandably clueless about us and said she thought we were going to be something like Marilyn Manson. When I said absolutely not at all, I couldn't decide whether she was disappointed or relieved. She said she'd been surfing the net and found a song called Grendel, full of mythical lyrics. She said she liked it. I think I glazed over at that point. Friday, 16th of February. Leeds Cockpit. Checked out of the hotel at 12 for the drive down the M1 to Leeds. Bright sunshine again today. Arrived at the peculiar travel lodge around two and checked in. We'd been here before in November last year and I left my gloves. No one at reception was admitting to ever having them though. Oh well. Dropped my bags and went walkabout in the general direction of Harvey Nichols via Call Lane where my old boss Rick Harrison still owns one of the best guitar shops in the UK, Music Ground. I had a wander round, lusting after the old Fenders and Rickenbackers, and particularly a hollow-bodied Les Paul with F-hole, yours for a couple of grand. Carried on down the road to the Victoria Arcade, a refurbished Victorian shopping arcade full of Leeds' richer shops, including the only Harvey Nichols outside London, where, if you can justify it, and I can't, you can buy a Dolce & Gabbana shirt for 450 quid. Phew. I was out of underwear, again, a common problem on tour, so I managed to get out of there only 18 quid lighter for three pairs of Calvin Kleins. The shirt will have to wait. I hadn't eaten yet today, so I killed the remaining time to soundcheck in Harvey Nick's calf out in the Victoria Arcade, drinking coffee and munching an excellent chicken and chilli jam sandwich. When I asked the waitress if they had anything to read, she brought me a copy of Yesterday's Sun. Hmm, I'd have expected something more highbrow from Harvey Nicks. Well, after two slow coffees, I decided I'd had enough of watching Leeds go by 
and I made my way over to the gig. Not to put too fine a point on it, the cockpit ain't a beautiful thing, so I didn't spend too long in there, but returned to the hotel to watch Richard Whiteley struggle through another episode of Countdown. What a peculiar television programme. Robert Powell was adjudicating. Soundcheck was sonically extremely loud and as ugly as it will always be under a corrugated steel roof. We're doing this show, along with the Zodiac and Dingwalls, to pay for the university gigs, which would otherwise lose us a lot of money. So we're gritting our teeth and doing what must be done. Rehearsed out of this world and man of a thousand faces, which we'll add to the show tonight. Return to the travel lodge where security is very tight. They must have been regularly robbed in the past. You can't get in without pressing a bell and waiting for a receptionist to buzz the door open. Opening the door requires both hands. Opening the door requires both hands at the moment the lock is released. Impossible for anyone carrying bags. And by the time you've realised this and put your bags down, you have to return to the bell press, not next to the door, of course, to try your luck and your patience once again. Once inside, you discover that the lift won't work unless you swipe your room key through a slot inside. And when you finally get to your room with your bags, you discover that the phones don't dial out, you can't pick up email, and the telephone number of the hotel isn't written on the telephone or published anywhere else, making it difficult for your loved ones to call you. Still, the beds are comfortable and the gig's right next door. There's no dressing room in the cockpit, so we decided to get changed in our rooms and walk round to the gig in stage clothes. As we approached the backstage entrance, a rear door only accessible by walking through a car park in the dark, I had the misfortune to walk down a small hole in the ground, some kind of access point to a water tap with a flap cover which had broken off. My right foot dropped straight down six inches and my right shin scraped against the sharp metal edge of the hole. Luckily, I didn't break my leg or sprain my ankle. I could have so easily. Went straight on stage and as I sang the opening song, I could feel the blood running down my shin on the inside of my jeans and into my shoe. It's all glamour. The sound on stage was something of a car crash. This place is a cellar and sounds like a metal-clad cave, but the audience were terrific. Afterwards, I hung around and signed some autographs, while the poor crew tried to negotiate the equipment and themselves around us. Getting the gear out of here was going to take a while. And we're back! Uh, and we're all still here. Um, I am going to just slightly correct um, uh, Mr. H because we are on 99. This is 99, not 100. So, um, of course but, it is. What did, uh, what did I say? You, you said that you said there was no diary in 98 and 99. There was no diary in 97 and 98. Wow. Uh, but it's God. fine. Nobody, nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, would you believe for the first time in the entire run of TCD we've actually got uh, an episode planned for about the next half dozen episodes, and we've already—it's already derailed, hasn't no, it? Really, it's all wrong. Yeah, it's all wrong already. Me, you sent me a plan for the first time ever, and it was immediately wrong. <laughs> I don't know why we bother. 
No. <laughs> but the spirit was willing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's seven minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Simon's still with us. Um, one thing I was going to ask... Um, how, when did the chalk marks appear? Because the chalk marks were kind of that design was what we was used for the pre-order, wasn't it? Yeah, the kind of stra- scratchy in on the prison wall kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and which I guess meant that when I first saw the album cover, I instantly thought, "Oh, there's a tie in there. There's there's there's, there's mm. a similarity there." Yeah. So when did that? that first come up and when was it decided that well what, what a great idea for the pre-order that that you know I speaks think, nicely uh i think that came out of doing we were we were looking at putting like a an earth sort of art installation thing on a wall weren't we with and i think i'd added that to it as actual kind of chalk marks on a wall um, I mean, obviously, as as part of it, it was trying to find visual ways of of representing twenty four hours in a day and and mm. singling out one of them, sort of thing. So it came out of those sort of thought processes, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the actual the the twenty four marks making the X kind of thing that. That that was kind of came out of that really, out of those mm. sort of alternative covers, um, and then when we went back to the original one, it just fitted quite well with with the the cover that we ended up with. So mm. um, I think I did I did a like a a home version of it as well, like a house kind of thing, made them into a house. So you've got like a you've got a home at the beginning and then a, an X at the end you know it's a sort of top and tail to the mm. artwork um so yeah these things just evolve out of all of that really yeah because when i first saw that when we, when because that was the first bit of artwork really that anybody saw yeah around yeah. the pre-order time mm. and i and i couldn't make my mind up whether um whether that was kind of a, a placeholder thing mm. um and then obviously when the rest of the artwork you know, was was revealed, and the, and the front cover is it. Then it, mm. it, it did all really tie in, yeah, t- together. Um, but it, it, again, in my head, it could easily have been that kind of that kind of placeholder thing just for the just for the pre order. Mm. Um, but it's I, a really uh, strong design. It's worked its way through onto some of the you know the clothing and what have you. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I think the pre order t shirt is is that one, if I remember rightly. Mm. I've done a few t shirts for this one. Um, but yeah I don't uh, I actually don't think I had any kind of say in that it wasn't like I chose to put that out there as a sort of placeholder for the pre-order it just uh, I think Lucy and Mark who were sort of dealing with that sort of grabbed a hold of that as an image and started using it you know Mm. just um, so there wasn't any great plan although from my point of view i was always going to include it in the artwork i think um, what appealed to them was that it had that feeling of counting down yeah counting up yeah to to something that's yeah. probably why they used it but yeah. i loved your chalk marks right from the first moment i saw them and, and i was almost i was mm. almost campaigning for them 
to be a to be on the album cover at one point. They, I, I yeah, yeah. They were, I thought they had a vibe. Yeah, I'm into um, them definitely. Oh, definitely. So mm. it's nice we kept them. Yeah, I really absolutely. love your. I like your Sierra Leone prism as well. Oh yeah, a yeah. little bit of orange light. Yeah, yeah. I love that. See, I really, really, oh, I nice. found the reprogram the gene um, image very strong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the sort of X-ray of the skeleton. And yeah, the yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah, I mean, those uh, sort of images definitely come out of the lyrics. You know, that that mm. would have been me listening to the song, looking at the lyrics, pulling ideas out of that. Yeah. No, very, very mm. strong, very yeah. strong. Um, one last thing. The um, and I, and I don't know if you've well, you will have seen this. It was very poignant, um, and I actually think it was one of the the purples actually who 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 did a, I think did the first mock up um, when when the logo um, was kind of modded um, oh, yeah. to to represent the Ukraine the Ukrainian flag. Yeah, yeah, and it 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 was interesting because it. It took on a, you know, it took on a different meaning at that point, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah. it all se- it seemed to be the most natural thing in the world. It was, I, yeah. re- I, um, I remember the first time I saw it, um, and I, um, and I just thought, yeah, of, of course that works. Mm. Yeah. It just makes so much makes so much sense, and yet that's that's created another really strong image. Yeah, out of that out of that design. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we well. I, I've done some artwork for that for a T-shirt, so I I don't know whether that's common knowledge or whatever. You can cut that yeah, out if you're not allowed to say that. But we're going to run charity we're thing, run that it? as a T-shirt in yeah. Poland, yeah, and donate all the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that'll become a bit of a fundraising image as well now. Yeah, yeah, which is great, man. That's yeah. It's sold out now, Poland as well. So it's going to be a busy. Busy weekend. That so wow. we'll we'll donate profits. Yeah, to yeah. The refugees as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what a st- I know. <laughs> what state of affairs that is. I, I, I mean, I can't just, even begin. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just mm. tragic, isn't it? Yeah. Who'd have thought? But I just thought it was the the, the way it came yeah. about, and and it just seemed to be the most natural thing in the world that 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 imagery would appear in that way and it just seemed remarkably remarkably strong and remarkably I mean, it's a remarkably yeah. striking piece of imagery the cover anyway and then and then for it to to reflect that particular situation was really really yeah you know, it yeah. was really really powerful cool so um obviously you mentioned that fear nearly broke you uh, <laughs> are you going to be around for the next one or uh are, you know well that's i'm always up for it but you yeah. know it's just you know it depends on whether you know the band want me to to do stuff really it's their 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 thing <laughs> i've only mentioned it to wind age up yeah yeah <laughs> no well we we certainly give you a jingle yeah, so yeah. if if, I mean, if, and, if and when we ever write anything yeah <laughs> i mean i i count myself lucky to have done 3 to be honest so you know um who knows we'll see what the future brings yeah. Well, they're all, they're all beautiful and powerful and you know incredible and evocative in their own in their own rights, um, and all very very different. Uh, I think the work on on the on the new ones just just astonishing. Oh, that's great. Um, Thank you. 
every everything about this album has just come together so i think so yeah yeah it has yeah yeah i've got to mention your work on the murder machines video as well because i thought that was wonderful I don't oh well yeah, yeah to tell you but mm. that really moved me all of that it, it sort of moved me and scared me and gave me chills yeah all, all at once came know, together that, well with it yeah well, yeah, that, hopefully, that red line running across that bridge yeah, yeah. was just yeah. just made me go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really yeah, was yeah. horrible. Yeah, uh, good thing. So well done. Very well done. Thank you. Cool. It's, uh, Simon, it's been a pleasure. Mm. Thank you very much. Absolutely. For, for, thanks for, for having giving, me. Giving up yeah. some of your Monday evening. Yeah. No, thanks um, for asking me. No, it's no. And and uh, we've got 100 next. Well, good luck with that, man. <laughs> well, well, it's yeah, not too I, bad, we, is it? Hey? It's have not we got too a clue shabby. What we're doing? A hundred. It's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. I thought we'd, I'd probably do about fifteen and knock it yeah. on the head, but there we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be fair, when we got to fifteen, we said we thought we'd do about five. We just keep adding the number on. <laughs> yeah, we thought we might do twenty at two hundred. Yeah. That's what Mick Hucknell said about the women. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving that in. Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to have a celebration then? You're going to oh, you're going to have a cake? Who knows? You know, <laughs> who knows? We've got a week to work something out. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, definitely open a bottle. Any oh, excuse? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be opening a bottle. Yeah. We'll be opening a bottle. Well, look, folks, we will see you for a hundred. We don't know what's going to happen, so there's no point even trying to pretend that we do. No, but no. something will happen in true Some... TCD style. Something will happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've got I've got an arm to twist. I'll right. do my best. I'll I'll leave it with you. Don't break it. No. Probably best not to break it. No, no. no. Right, oh, well, you're I'll having a you special time. guest, are you? Is that Oh, oh we yeah. can't possibly comment. Yeah. Well, if I yeah. can twist his arm. Look yeah. out for that. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Yeah. Right, gentlemen, have a pleasant rest of your evening. Yeah. Whatever's what bit of is left. Me H, too. I'll see you next time. Thank you, Simon. No Appreciate problem. that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feet up. Oh, actually, Simon. One, yeah. Simon. One quick thing before you go. Actually, sorry to, to elongate this a little bit. Yeah. What's your favourite song from the eighties? We need a crooncast. Give us something from the eighties. Uh, yeah, oh, give well, us something from be, the eighties. It's going to be something by Yazoo, someone like that. To be fair, <laughs> it would. No, it's going to be yeah, like well, something by Yazoo, Depeche Mode, Yazoo, that kind of thing. I'm sort of electronic, Vince Clark kind of. That All was right. my that was my thing. Right. Um, I met Vince well, once. Yeah. He, he, he took me. To, yeah, he took me oh, down wow. the corridor in the studio, showed me all his keyboards. It's a lovely fellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah wow, when man. he was still with Depeche Mode. Oh, really? They, okay. They, so yeah, they used to rehearse in the same studio complex that Europeans rehearsed in, and they would they oh, had wow. their own place down the down the corridor that was permanently theirs. But then there were other studios that they rent the the this studio complex rented out and so other bands would come and go, but the Pesh Mode were always down the back. Oh wow. And uh, every now and again they'd be in, you know, and you'd go and like crane my head round the door and have a look. Yeah, you know, yeah. Vince said, Oh, how are you doing? Come here and have a look, I'll show you the gear and he wow. was lovely. Yeah. That yeah. was before he did the Yazoo thing and all of that. So yeah, so I yeah, can... I'd yeah, I'd pick something by Yazoo. All right, I don't know. Don't go. Nobody's diary. <laughs> Only you. You know this. <laughs> K 
keep listening. Keep yeah. listening for the last <laughs> little bit, Simon. You're going to love what's coming next. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. In fact, you can count him in if you like. Count him in on four. Oh, a one, a two, a three, a four. Thank you, Gareth Taylor, Andrew Sinclair's new. Sugar Miles and Ian Humphrey, they went purple too. Thank you, Jane Wheeler, Trish Morgan, thank you. Thank you, Ian Percival, I think I'm halfway through. Can't stop now, don't you know? I ain't never gonna let you go, don't go! Can't stop now, don't you know? I ain't never gonna let you go, don't go! Kilminster, David, come on too. Mike Chance, John Patterson, Peps on up for roots. Thank you for subscribing, however you may do. Sorry for this crewcast, especially to Yazoo. Can't stop now, don't you know? I ain't never gonna let you go, don't go! Can't stop now, don't you know? I ain't never gonna let you go, don't go! For subscribing, everybody, toodaloo. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.